The text for the sermon this day is taken from Matthew 5, specifically these words. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. That is the text. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Those words that Jesus said, I imagine would have been very unsettling for the crowds that heard it. Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. First, it begins with that word righteousness. They understood to be righteous means to be right with a certain jurisdiction. That's what that word means. So hopefully right now you are right with the United States government. If you're not, that means there's a warrant out for your arrest. And so, and if there's a, a reward, somebody might be willing to turn you in. But if you are right, the fact, if there is no warrant out for your arrest, that means you are righteous in the eyes of our government, in the eyes of our courts. And if you were to today all decide, hey, I need some money and I need to go rob a bank, and you go do that, and all, then you will no longer be righteous. And the only way to regain that righteousness is to be arrested and go and serve your time in prison. And once you get out, then you will be righteous again. But in, in relationship to our God, righteousness, it was believed in the time of Jesus that righteousness came by obedience to the law, just as it is through our own courts. You are righteous in the eyes of the world based on your obedience. And so people believed in the time of Jesus, that's how you are righteous before God. And now Jesus is telling them that their right, that righteousness must exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees. That would be terrifying. Because, you know, we read a lot about the Pharisees throughout the Gospels, and we get the idea, we kind of begin to believe, oh, the Pharisees and the scribes, these are these evil, mean, and nasty people. When in reality... In the time of Jesus, they were considered the models of righteousness. They were the models of goodness. They were your ultimate, good, ultimate goody goody two shoes. So to hear that they had to be more righteous than the scribes and Pharisees would be like telling somebody today that you're in it, you must be more pure than a, than a nun. Which most people are like, oh boy. <laughs> 
That's tough. Because nuns are supposed to be the model of purity. Or at least that's the way it's perceived in our culture. What Jesus is demanding is extremely tall. It is something that the crowds would realize that they cannot do. Because every, because they're probably, they might think, well, you know, I, I do a few bad things here and there. But that's okay. God can let go some of it. But no, Jesus is saying that it can't. None of it can be let go. So every little, and so this charges to us that our righteousness must exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees. That means even the littlest, itty-bittiest of white lies. That person comes to you and says, do I look good in this shirt? And you are thinking in your mind, oh, that's horrible. But you say, that looks lovely. Even that one little white lie puts us outside of the reach, the righteousness that God demands. And the thing is, is we do even more than that. We lie, we lie quite often. We lie to our employers or employees. We lie to our co-workers. We lie to our government. We lie to our, our family. We lie to our friends. We cheat and find any way that we can to get, better, get ahead in this world. No matter who is offended or who's who we put behind us in order to do it. Jesus here says, it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Anger is murder in our heart. And every one of us knows that we've been angry with someone. We might have been angry with somebody this morning. You might be angry with someone right now. And all of it is evidence that our righteousness is nowhere near what God demands. And so unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So what is the alternative destination? It is the hell of fire of which Jesus speaks. The place where if you become thirsty, that thirst will not be quenched. It's a place where you'll be eternally hunger without, hungry without ever being satisfied. It is a place where you'll fee, experience pain and torment without even a mo moment of relief. That, the worst suffering, the most bitter of pains, the most bitter of days that you've had in this world, or that you could even imagine in your mind, is not anything compared to the pangs of hell. Of what is destined to those whose righteousness is not greater than that of the scribes and Pharisees.
But you see, at the right time, when you were helpless, when you could do nothing, a righteousness apart from the law came to you. Might have been many years ago, maybe your parents, or your grandparents, maybe some of you it happened when you were an adult. You're brought to the baptismal font. And the pastor said, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And with each drop of water, the blood of Jesus, which was shed on the cross, was being poured upon your brow. And the righteousness, the filthy, maggoty righteousness that is ours was lifted off of us and placed on our Savior. And the righteousness that is His was placed on you. The righteousness which exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees was given to you in the waters of baptism. As it says, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? He doesn't say some of you who were baptized. All who were baptized were baptized into his death. Elsewhere in Galatians, he says that everyone who has been baptized into Christ had been clothed in Christ. This is why the Apostle Peter says that baptism now saves. The righteousness which exceeds the scribes and the Pharisees was given to you by grace through faith alone. It is, not the, it is not the one that comes by our obedience because we cannot be obedient enough. We can never keep the law. We needed the righteousness of the one who kept it perfectly. Not only kept it, but as it says earlier in Matthew 5, fulfilled it. Fulfilled it by dying on the cross. He fulfilled it by rising from the dead. That is why he said in the Gospel of John, when he said from the cross, what are his last words? It is finished. The old covenant, the law is finished. Your, the righteousness, the filthy righteousness of ours was finished. It was put to death on the cross. That's why we have that crucifix ever before you. Reminder of the death of our sin. Of the victory that was won for us. Because the thing is, the fact that we received a righteousness which exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees means that you are free. A freedom greater than that is guaranteed on a 4th of July weekend. In the 4th of July, we're freed. We have freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of press, all good things. But you have a freedom that God gave. A freedom from sin. 
a freedom from death, a freedom from the devil. It's not a freedom to do whatever you want. Rather, it is a freedom to be perfectly bound to God's will. To live in a way that you wouldn't even dream of sinning. You wouldn't even dream of corruption. That is what we look forward to. The freedom that comes by Christ. So until that time comes, are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. The grace of Jesus is not an excuse to sin. Rather, it is a reason to stop. It is a reason to live differently. How can we who died to sin, we who were destined for that eternal death, but were rescued from it, how can we still live in it? The love and grace of Christ compels us to live entirely differently. We see how Christ has loved us. And therefore, in like fashion, we love him and we love our neighbor. We serve them. And every time we sin, every time our brother or sister sins, we point them to the cross of Christ that they, too, they may confess and receive forgiveness. May it be so. May we live in that righteousness, the comfort of that grace and peace until Jesus returns. Amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ keep in the one true faith and the life everlasting. Amen. Please stand. We confess our common faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets, and I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. 
I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray to the God of all grace and love for this congregation, our nation, and all peoples of the world. Almighty God, who has redeemed us and won us out of bondage to sin and death, look with favor upon this congregation. Lead us away from anything that we should fear, love, or trust above you. And make this house a place where your name is called upon and your word gladly heard. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Lord, you have established families and governments for earthly order. Help us to show proper honor to all whom you have placed in authority over us. Bless families with unity, love, and service to one another. Bless the authorities of our land, that they would be wise, diligent, and quick to defend your gifts of life, liberty, and all the other rights and freedoms you have endowed. Protect all families who travel this holiday weekend to celebrate your gift of our nation. Lord, in your mercy. Look with favor upon your church, here and scattered throughout the world. Bless the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod as we enter into our national convention this week. Bless all the delegates with safety in their travels, wisdom in their deliberations, and collegiality in their rest and relaxation together. Bless all their home congregations and families while they tend to the business of the Synod. We also lift up to you St. John Lutheran Church in Sanborn, Iowa, as they install their new pastor this day. Lord, in your mercy, visit our brothers and sisters in Christ, including Mary Bokey, Marilyn Miller, Mary Swanson, Wilbur Bokey, Les Conser, Phyllis Conser, Don Schmidt, Fritz Rayberg, Evelyn Rayberg, Bonnie Bramer, and all others who we think of silently in our hearts now. For those who are sick, ill, lonely, or face any trouble of the body in their time of distress, focus their eyes upon Christ Jesus, that they might take comfort in his love for them and his presence, even in the midst of suffering. If it be your will, remove their burdens and restore them to wellness. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, this week we give thanks for the birth of Charlotte Broxius, born to Brandon, Brandon Broxius. We pray that you would be with the mother and the child, that they would be kept safe and healthy. And we pray that you would bless the family and the life that is to continue. And we pray that you raise the child up in the faith that brings them to eternal life. Lord, in your mercy. All these and whatever other things we need, we lift up to you, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, who assuredly, will assuredly do all things that are right and good for us. For you live and reign with him in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seen as we continue with the gathering of our
Well, the offertory will sing hymn 965. Please stand. Storm. 